Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and the inconceivable Nick Protopapas. How are you doing today, Nick? Um, well, I'm well. Um, I've been thinking about how many Harry Potter spells I know since we talked about it. Okay, um, I, I know very few. I know, um, Avracadavra, which always struck me as a very strange one because it sounds exactly like a real world fake magic term <laughs> nice oh you know what's a silly one it's from those those dragon books about dragon people brzinger um, you know about brzinger i i don't it's from those those books about dragons and it's the most powerful world word and it makes me laugh a lot because it sounds so silly <laughs> i'm really not sure what what books you're talking about joe the ones with the dragons <laughs> It's there a, are so of, many children's books about yeah, dragons. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Okay, there's all right. There's there's a dragon on the cover, and he's blue, and everything else is dark, and it's called like Aragos or something. Uh, Aragon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they made a movie. I remember Aragon. Well, anyways, in that universe, the most powerful word is Brzzer. Uh, I do remember this now. Yeah. So be careful. Well, you got a you you got like a, a flood of memories coming back to me from those books. They're not good. Yeah, I read them I, recently I, because I didn't have a real childhood, so I, <laughs> I compensate by reading children's books a lot. And uh, yeah, it's not good. It doesn't hold up. Wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm 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 willing to accept that. I <laughs> I have very little investment in these. Yeah, I just I hate children's happiness, so I I criticized harshly and intensely children's books and then i tell okay. people they're wrong for liking things nick would you like to move on to our things this week i would love to excellent uh so i've got a thing for you and that thing is star wars the clone wars ah one of my favorite things yeah um this is something that i i you know i've been watching on and off for a while um, it's a Star Wars anthology show that probably most of the people listening to this, I think, are at least slightly familiar with. Um, it is set between uh, episode two and three uh, of the prequel trilogy, um, and it is about Anakin, uh, Obi-Wan, and also uh, some some other characters, including Anakin's Padawan, uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano, who is a character who was introduced for the series and is uh, pretty neat. So the thing about Clone Wars is that because it is an anthology show, um, there are uh, incredibly various quality of episodes. Um, <laughs> there are some very good ones and there are some very, very bad ones. And often there are ones that don't really contribute to an, over, to an overarching plotline, uh, <laughs> which is interesting coming from um, a background of, of mostly modern television where we we do expect things to to flow from one episode to the next and it's not that that doesn't happen in clone wars but it is something that is less prevalent in this show than than in other shows um and that was fascinating for me to watch uh even if i didn't always appreciate it because it meant that a lot of the time because there are really quite a few i would say less than stellar episodes like mixed in with this show um among some very great ones um, we, we, we have some, some long arcs, uh, that are, uh, perhaps not the most interesting. Uh, for example, in season five, which is probably my favorite season on balance, uh, there are, uh, two, four episode arcs that are, uh, pretty much entirely pointless. 
Oh, yeah. Which ones are those? Uh, so I know you disagree with me on the first one, but it's the one where they are training younglings and they're giving them lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I found that to be just incredibly not worth my time. <laughs> but the really cool thing about Clone Wars is that there are these really good arcs that will will interrogate our characters and, and challenge the, the the source material of the prequels in really interesting ways and, and, and interrogate that setting and um you know some of my favorites are are the the Umbara arc from season four uh which mainly focuses on rex uh who before was a character uh he's a clone trooper um and before he was a character that i heard a lot about and i heard a lot of people loved uh and i was i was curious because i had made it through uh, three seasons of this show without really getting to know him much at all. Um, and then we get to that series of episodes, which involves him um, him and an- another group of uh, clone troopers uh, sort of rebelling against um, this this uh, militant and, and kind of anti-clone Jedi um, during, essentially, like, while they're uh, fighting a battle on uh, a planet. Um, and it's it's very interesting. And uh, my 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 other like favorite arc of the show is um one of the last ones we get, which is it focuses mainly on Ahsoka. Uh, so essentially, what I want from the show, I think, is uh just kind of people challenging authority, I suppose. Yeah. Well, actually, when I when I was a child, I did have the pleasure of watching this show. So that that is one thing I actually enjoyed as a as a as a, as a youngling. Um, and. <laughs> Yeah, you know that you know it's you know my favorite Star Wars stuff holds a very special place in my little my little heart because I, I don't know I watch the movies a little late and I never love them. Um, yeah, sometimes I just sit and I think about it and it's like I think I value the Clone Wars TV show more than some of my friends and uh, that's you know it's one of those things where you just get really into thinking about that and uh, yeah makes you just a little bit sad even though kind of great you know i think i feel similarly about the last jedi which is a movie that i think i value a lot more than uh most of the people i know <laughs> nice yeah no um i think you're right i mean it bounces around a lot um to like sort of random stuff and like definitely a lot of the episodes are like laughably bad like uh my best example of this is like c3po and r2 like fall into a <laughs> hole and like go to oz and like the thing about when oh, you're watching this show is like you watch that episode and you're just like crossing your fingers that it's not a two-parter because it totally could be because this show's crazy like that it's like oh jar jar arcs like all this stuff like like it, it'll do anything um and i know that you don't like that but a lot of the times i think that makes it sort of fun like I, like i like how much of star wars universe we get to see and like you get to like go into detail on things that are just sort of random um like grievous mm-hmm. like you just get like a lot of general grievous from like the third movie and it's sort of random, but it's like, huh, it's kind of nice to get some insight. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I wish that we had more time to actually, like, because when they do interrogate the characters um, and really get to, like, what a lot of them are about, like, especially with Rex and, and, and Ahsoka, who are, you know, characters made up for this show, uh, they, they really do a lot with them. Uh, and I wish that were something that we more frequently did in this show. Yeah, sure. Listen, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying sort of what I love about the show because I think you're getting down on it a little. Um, okay. I mean, I think... Some I, of- I came away really liking it. It, it yeah. picks up a lot in the 
in the last three seasons or so. Um, yeah, I mean, to a point where, where I could show, for sure is that like honestly, like it made me care about characters in Star Wars for the first time, um, and like the movies, you know that you know there's some classic characters there, but it's you know it's only so much time with them, I guess. Um, and I know that some people like the original trilogy, so I'm not going to rash on that. But you know, like the, the prequels, you know, you can you can pretty much say that the characters there are a little weak, and it should be more powerful since, like, you know, if if Anakin was more of like a character in the prequels, even though those movies are bad, it would make you know the original trilogy more powerful because you you see Vader transitioning, um, and I think that's what this Clone Wars show does best is sort of like take Anakin and Obi Wan and make them sort of more fleshed out characters and just like you're invested in them. Um, and so this, this show does a lot of, like, it's not just like an animated show that takes place in star Wars. I think it, it's a, it's a valid part of the, like the saga, you know, it's like, yeah. this is where Anakin is a character for me. This is where Obi-Wan is a character for me. Obi-Wan rocks in the oh, show. He does. I'll do my impression for you later, but not, not on the recording. I can't. Okay. I'm too ashamed. I haven't done it for a while either. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I used to not like the animation style, but it kind of grows on you. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it, it grows on you in, in multiple ways, which is that you get used to it. And also the, the budget improves so much over the yeah. course of the series. Yeah. I mean, the action scenes are really, really, really good because they're animated. So they can do that sort of stuff way better. I think, um, I mean, it's a sort of over the top ridiculous show and it, it's random and the episode quality, you know, varies, like you said. But overall, it's just sort of like a deep dive into like being in the Star Wars universe, and like, I don't know, like you you can be invested in it for a little bit longer than a movie, um, which is good for me because I sort of prefer, you know, long term or longer term um, storytelling because you can get into characters more and like lore too. Like this has time to go into lore, like you said. Like I know you don't like the younglings arc, but like that's the first time we see like, hey, this is how lightsabers are built, um, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know it sounded like I was being a bit harsh, but I, I am very excited for season seven when it comes out next month. Ooh, me too. I've been so excited for like <laughs> years since they announced it. I remember, I remember that's, I felt like a little girl when that news came out because I screamed. I was like, yes, like, because I just finished rewatching it and it came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it at all. And then it was like very, very exciting. And I, I screamed a little and I think I threw my phone also. Okay, Nick, you've got a thing for me? Joe, I do, but it's the riskiest thing I've ever done on this show. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, my thing this week is the TV show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> I know. I know. No, <laughs> I no, Nick, I really like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You already like it? Yeah. Bastard. I, <laughs> I was saving this for you. Wait, you watched the show? Uh, I've seen the first two seasons. I want to finish it. Sometime. Oh, what? This is no good. <laughs> I thought I had found a little gem for you. Uh, but I'm very glad that you found it. This is so disappointing. I've been keeping this secret for so long. Okay. Are you um? Are you done with the show? No. I watched like maybe six episodes. I don't know. Okay. Please tell me about it. <laughs> now you're the expert. Okay, I'll tell you about it. Um, so... Uh, one of my friends has been recommending it to me for a while. Um, and I was like, what? You're crazy. This CW show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, probably terrible. And it was it was one of those things where, like, even though someone recommended it, you just look at it and you're like, no. Like, no, I just can't. Um, 
but at one point I did because it was really late at night, and then I watched the first three episodes exclusively really late at night, and I don't think I ever finished one at one sitting. But <laughs> turns out it's pretty great in a way. At least it's very unique, um, and it, it's caught my eye. And I, I was gonna I was gonna say that you might like it more than me, um, and that you should check it out. But I guess you already have. <laughs> um, anyways, it's yeah. A, I, I like that show a lot. <laughs> I know you, I thought you might like it a lot. That's all right, whatever. Um, it's about a girl who is, uh, she doesn't like her life, so she starts chasing her ex boyfriend from like when they were teenagers and is slowly trying to get him to, to date her, even though he's like in a relationship and lives far away. And she, she makes bad choices to follow him around. Um, and the thing I like about the show, cause that sounds sort of stupid still, um, is, I mean, first of all, it's, you know, it's okay. Funny. It reminds me a bit of, you know, 30 rock and some of it, um, it's not definitely not as fast paced, but like some of the jokes do feel a bit like 30 rock. And then some of it feels like, you know, just another good comedy. Like it, you know, makes me laugh sometimes, but that's not really, I wouldn't have kept watching it if it wasn't a musical. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my like about it because it's like I don't know I just like it's just sort of funny that because I always forget and then like mid you know twice in one episode it just like breaks the format and just does a musical number and I always just like it makes me happy no matter what and it reminds me that the show just like isn't taking itself too seriously um, and I like also the characters and I like how they're all terrible but like not in the way that some shows have terrible characters. Um, like in a way that you can still sort of care about them or you can still understand them. Like they're not just yeah. terrible um, because everything they're doing makes sense, uh, which is sort of, I haven't watched too much of the office and I don't think it's a good idea to diss the office because well, the fans are, are powerful and strong <laughs> on the internet, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah. But in any case, you know, the office, the first few episodes of the office, at least that I've watched, are sort of like, oh, everyone's terrible, I hate this. Or like, always sunny in Philadelphia, like, all the characters just like awful people. And I'm like, man, like, this is painful to watch. But in this case, it's sort of like that. But um, like, for example, like, you know, the main character, I forget her name, um, but she's Rebecca. like, you know, she, what does she do? I mean, she's trying to manipulate, you know, someone else's relationship for her own benefit, which is pretty selfish and bad. Um, and she does it all the time. And she always lies to herself and other people. And she's very self-centered. But you sort of understand that it's because she's dissatisfied and the show makes an effort to like do flashbacks so that you can, you know, at least a little bit understand where she's coming from. Um, and this happens with like all the characters, which I like, because like even characters that probably don't need to be fleshed out in that way, at least, you know, a little bit are. And they're all terrible, but, you know, they're all explained. <laughs> a little bit. Um, anyways, I like the, I like that focus on character and I, I have a feeling about the show, which I guess you know more than me, but like, the way it's setting up makes me feel that it's it's sort of in it for the the long haul for the characters. Like they all start off deeply flawed, um, but I have a feeling that the show understands them and wants to like take them on a big big arc, which I appreciate. That is, that is generally my impression as well, having watched more yeah. of it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I I still haven't finished this show, which I want to go back and do. Yeah, um, um, I think the other thing is that the the songs in this show are pretty they're pretty silly but they're always high energy and then later they get stuck in your head would you agree joseph i would i would absolutely agree 
Yeah. I spent a lot of, I think, last semester just kind of humming the tunes occasionally. It's it's pretty charming. Um, yeah. If nothing else. Anyways, um, sort of that and, like, just the, the way some of the characters, some of the jokes and, and that musical stuff sort of hold me over because I believe that the show will get better. Um, and I think it's I think it's pretty great just as a, as a watch, just like a casual watch also. Yeah, I think that's a, a recommendation from both of us. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you like the show? Because uh, I was gonna say that you probably would like it more than me. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I like the character work they do. I I, I enjoy the songs a lot. Um, I, I I think I'm on record as saying that you can improve pretty much any piece of media by adding music to it. Uh, yeah, it could be true. <laughs> Musical numbers are pretty great. Yeah. Um, Lost art. So it's just it's 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 very good. Yeah, I lo- I was doing some Wikipediaing of it, um, and it turns out it's like one of the lowest rated, like not rated, but like you know watched rated um, shows ever to carry over for four seasons. And yeah, it kept getting yeah. Renewed. Huh? I find yeah. that very funny. I don't know. <laughs> I guess someone up it's, someone it's... high up liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that uh, my parents love it. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Is that how you heard about it? I bet. Uh, almost certainly. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah, Nick, would you like to move on to the main event for today? Yes. Okay, let's do it. So today we are discussing uh, a book. Uh, called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. You may have heard of him. Uh, he taught you chemistry on YouTube, I think is the main. It, it, it's the main true. Uh, I think I think he did for many of us. Uh, this yeah. is his first novel, uh, and it's a, it's a pretty good one. It's one I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's The first thing I'm going to say about this book, because I, Joe, I don't remember exactly what I said to you, but the only thing I knew was the title of this book and who wrote it, and I was like... <sighs> I'm not convinced that the remarkable thing in this book is going to be remarkable to me. And uh, just just straight up, it is. It is absolutely <laughs> remarkable. And it is. it lives up to the name quickly and effectively. So don't worry about that, which I was worried about it. Um, yeah. The second thing I'll say is that it's, it, it's very, it's a very good story. Some of the writing isn't my favorite. Um, I think I agree. Like it's not, like it's not descriptive very much. It's not like fancy writing, basically. It's not like artistic writing. It's just like a good story in book format. Um, which yeah, is I have a, I have a, I have a couple gripes with how it's written, but we can like get into that later. Me too. Yeah, but um, it's sort of like when we talked about Kiyoshi, like, you know, that book's not like marvelous at like descriptive stuff, um, but it gets the point across really well. It makes the story fun. Um, Kiyoshi, I think, was more description oriented than this book which is I agree. this book is mainly dialogue i agree yeah um but i mean it, you know it reads like YA in that way where it's like yeah everything is just sort of facts more or less and like all the metaphors are just sort of you know the ya metaphors i, I remember one in this book is like a knife through water it's like okay like okay that's fine like it's, it's effective you know but it's it's a very funny. it's a very breezy book is what it is yeah yeah like, well it's a good, uh, story. The, the, a good story yeah yeah 
I, yeah. you know, it, it, the, one of the best things I can say about it is that I, I, I constantly, when I was not reading it, I wanted to be reading it. I wanted mm, I to, to find out more and, and be with these characters. Yeah, it's really uh, easy. Longer. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think... So, uh, as a story, props. Props, props, props. As a book yeah. with writing, you know, it could be a little better, actually. But, you know, it's his first book, so who cares? Yeah, we should... So, so the interesting thing about that is that it's, I believe, not classified as a YA. Um, yeah, there's a lot of F-bombs in this book. Yeah, they, they say fuck a lot. <laughs> they don't fuck that much. There's there's like one instance of oh, actual said, fucking oh, that's going to be over, but they... I'm sorry. See, what happened was you were saying that they used the word fuck a lot. And I was like, <laughs> they don't fuck that much. <laughs> like having sex. Um, I think there's only one sex scene, maybe two. I don't know. Um, yeah, um, they're not really are descriptive at all. <laughs> they're like the sitcom, you know, sex scenes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we should perhaps describe uh, what happens at least at the beginning of this book. Okay, let's do that. Do you really want to? I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I, I I think we should. Oh, there's another say thing. That the... There's another okay. thing we have to say before we start talking about this. It's the main character's name is April May, which is absolutely. I was about to mention this. <laughs> No. Oh, I was going to mention this. So good. What the a character's name is character. April May, and it is never once brought up. I just—it's just a really good character, like name for like a work mm -hmm. of fiction, but not in real life. So just like good use of that, you know. I was—I was so sure, and this would have happened in in a lesser book. The, the at some point, the narrator was going to take an aside and say, "Yeah, my name's April May. My parents are pretty weird." Yeah, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah. It's just great. great all the way through. You don't have to hear about how she doesn't like it or how it affects her life, her difficult, difficult life. <laughs> I, I just, I really enjoyed that her name is April May. Okay, Joe, as you were. Yeah, April May there's is... not one joke about it, <laughs> which is beautiful. Oh, well, there is one joke. Her username is a pun, you could say. Oh, is it? April, maybe not. Mm. It's a pun. That is a better pun than like you know. It's not. It's not season based. It's not month based. That's true. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. You think yeah. she could have done a better pun for her username? I doubt um, it. I don't think so. It's good. Um, anyway. Anyways, April May is. This book has a a lot of good puns and a lot of good little really? jokes. Maybe I missed the puns. I don't know. Remember, um, she has a friend who whose podcast is called Slain Spotting. An absolutely remarkable thing is a book um, that is about this um, this woman. She she Joe, she's I'm sorry. There's one more thing that we have to talk about before we talk about this. <laughs> so that this book is in direct criticism of this podcast. Yes. Um... <laughs> Very early on in the book, she criticizes uh, white guys, two white guys who think their podcast is so great and and is funny, and I hate her right. for it. Okay. <laughs> We not it's also it's also in criticism of hank green does he have a, a podcast he has a he has a podcast well it's not funny okay <laughs> the podcast isn't funny hey ho uh man okay tell us about april may well okay so this is um uh this is a novel about um a woman who is just out of college um and she's sort of still adapting and trying to figure out her life uh, when one day she's coming home from a, uh, working a very bad shift um, at a job she doesn't like, uh, and she discovers this, um, what appears to be a statue 
um, in the middle of Manhattan, just like, you know, by the, by the train station. Um, and she calls her friend over, uh, her friend who, uh, makes a podcast, um, <laughs> Uh, and they take a video of it. Um, and what happens is that this video goes viral because it turns out what they actually had just done is probably made first contact with an alien species in some manner. Uh, and the book proceeds from there discussing how this impacts her life. Uh, you know, she's suddenly one of the most famous people in the world. Uh, uh, we try to figure out the mysteries about these, uh, you know, statues, which, you know, are seemingly sentient, uh, in some way. Um, and, uh, it progresses in some very interesting ways from there. Um, yeah, I mean, so here's here's the thing about this book is that I was uh, a little bit worried that it was going to be stupid. Me uh, too. Because from what I've just described, um, it 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 does have a plot line where a character has to, for most of the book, adjust to the difficulties of being famous, which is something that's kind of anathema to me. Because uh, mm. <laughs> I, no, I would think it's really stupid. Because it's about a twenty-something-year-old who's pretty and great and has great friends, but like has it so hard. Also, I know? don't think we're supposed to take her like I, I. I think you know we are supposed to take that she's pretty, but I don't think we're supposed to take that she's great. Uh, I think the book takes well, she's not great things to <laughs> you know that kind of book. I thought I was afraid it was that kind of book. Okay, yeah, but it's not. Okay, continue, Joe. Yeah, the book takes great pains to reveal that the protagonist is deeply flawed. In in some ways, I think that like probably there are very few redeeming things about her. <laughs> yeah, uh, which you know, I say I say uh, kind of impressed because she's still absolutely relatable and and interesting, and we want to to keep reading about her. Uh, so it's a cool narrative sleight of hand that they pulled off that I I don't think many people would have been able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I mean, my favorite thing about this book is that like, it, it has a lot of different, I don't want to say genres, but like different types of stories going on. Um, yeah, yeah. Like there's obviously that sci-fi thing, which sort of has like a, you know, clue, like mystery, you know, aspect where it's like, you got to kind of solve the mystery, like, you know, you, you know about that. Um, and it also has this like, hey, this is what politics are like. Let's do a, it's basically, it's like fake politics to like have a conversation about real politics. Uh, yeah, it's also yeah, about like how becoming famous affects you. And it's also about a 20 something year old girl who is just trying to get her life together. Um, and the thing about all these is that like, if you took one of them on their own, like I probably wouldn't like this book um, all that much. But the fact that they're all tied together and like, not just like, oh, this book is that and that. Um, it's like... You know they're they're connected very much by the main character, so it's not just like oh it's sci-fi, but also like just a teenage girl. Like no, like it makes sense why she's involved in this, and it makes sense as her character um, that she like becomes famous from this, and like how she deals with that sort of progresses the plot into into those territories. Um, and I think that's kind of hard to pull off in general. Um, yeah, yeah. But I like the way it, it blends them through the main character, and what that does is it means that like different parts of the book are just like very engaging, but also in, in very different ways. Like some of them are just like, you know, there's a head to head debate that she has to go to in the middle of this. And it's like, wow, that's kind of like, that was really exciting to read, but like not what I was expecting from this book at all. And there's another part where she's mm-hmm. like, I got to solve the, like the puzzle to like figure out the mystery about the sci-fi aliens. And it's like, Whoa, like that's, you know, totally different from the other thing, debate we we're just talking about. And then, you know, there's also like romantic drama going on also. Um, 
And, yeah. you know, that means none of this book is boring at all because you don't mm-hmm. linger on any one of those things too long. You're probably hungry for each, each of those things, you know, a little bit more because you, you get almost enough, but not quite enough of any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, individually, I want to focus on the, the romantic drama thing for, for just a little bit, because there is one thing this book does that I find really fascinating uh, which is that the, you know, in the beginning, we introduce the main character's girlfriend uh, and, you know, a fair amount of time is dedicated to developing that character. And then they break up like pretty early on, uh, which is really interesting to me. Just be and like they never quite get back together. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty bold move. <laughs> I mean, not really. The, the thing about her girlfriend is that she's perfect. <laughs> like... This book starts Just and I was like bit, yeah. rolling my eyes and making bar faces because it's like, oh, look at me, like, like with my perfect girlfriend, like, here we are in our apartment, like, and then her girlfriend has bits of dialogue where she's just, you know, it's like movies, like the beginning of a movie where like, oh, that person's going to die because all of this mm-hmm. is so, so perfect. Um, it kind of annoyed me. So I, I think breaking them up was probably a good idea because otherwise yeah, it, it leads be. the characters in more interesting directions. Um, yeah, that's what, yeah, you're right. Yeah that's true yeah um (laughs) so uh you know there are things that i would complain about um i think there are certain elements of plot setup that i find um are a little bit too ham-fisted or obvious yeah that's why i was saying it reads like Um, a ya things are like explained again and again yeah i mean there's there's one there's one particular Chekhov's gun um, that, uh, you know, is is a fairly prominent event that happens in the book. So you definitely remember it. Um, but, you know, at least two or three times, like, before it shows up again, they, they take the, the pains to remind us that the thing still exists <laughs> for no reason. Because, like, the, other, the reader definitely remembers. <laughs> I, believe I know what you're speaking of, and I agree. Um, yeah, I mean... Those are the moments where it's like, this seems like it's for a younger audience, but there's F-bombs everywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it still comes together nicely, but, you know, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a a very adult book, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Some of that comes from it. It has a very, I would say, if not young, like the the the, the protagonist kind of speaks in a, a very uh, millennial, like, like, post 2000s manner uh like it's very much internet speak uh mm. at some points yeah. uh which you know i i think probably makes the character a bit more realistic but at the price of like mm, this is a little bit cringeworthy sometimes <laughs> yeah uh, while we're uh, criticizing things um i'm just gonna jump on and criticize something also uh, i think some of the dialogue in this book is sometimes very similar like the like between characters does that make sense yeah Um, yeah i think i agree there's little bits where i sort of you know not that i know hank green but like i hear hank green and i hear them in every one of the characters so Mm -hmm. it's not that they're not different but it's like i can hear his voice you know doing them if that makes sense yeah Um, i mean especially especially april just because maybe because we spend the most time with her since she's the narrator but also there are times where because you know, I think you and I have, have both grown up to some extent, at least like occasionally viewing uh, Hank Green videos. Um, and, and you know, the, there are there are points where 
uh, obviously he's writing it, uh, so like this is fine. Um, but like it does sound like his voice, or at least the voice that he's like established. Yeah, uh, and that thing is sort of like, at least in my opinion, is like, like talking, but also just like leaving little facts in the conversation. Something I remember specifically is like talking about the Doppler effect as a description of something else. Um, things like that are just like a little random to me. Like, you know, this is the same character who earlier didn't know what an isotope was and like had to have that explained, but like is now mm -hmm. using the Doppler effect to like describe something else. I don't know. It's like, you know what I mean? Like little weird things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's little bits where it's like, I feel like this book is trying to educate me, which is not bad. Um, like it, it just feels like a little trivia thrown in. Uh, to some of the dialogue or to some of the description, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. That, that, that bothered me a little. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the little, like, writing nitpicks. I, I'd say that everything we talked about so far is sort of a nitpick because, you know, yeah, we didn't... Yeah, that's, that's approximately all of my complaints, Yeah, I think. <laughs> like, I mean, he's, you um, know, it's his first book. Like, it's normal, I think. You know, it's it's fine like it, the book overall comes together really nicely and i don't really have a problem you know it's just like little things like that that you can notice like the writing could be improved a little bit but if this mm -hmm. was anything else like you, you know like this could be a movie also and be as engaging does that make sense yeah you know? definitely um yeah i think the way this story handles tension uh and the way like it keeps the plot momentum moving is just like really solid uh like mm. there's always something happening there's always uh, because, like you mentioned, we have so many different threads. There's always something that's like constantly engaging. Um, yeah, but it doesn't feel crowded at all. Yeah, except for the fact that this book doesn't end. <laughs> except for yeah, that. that's a, that. This this book ends on a, a major, major cliffhanger, um, which is interesting because, um, as Nick will tell you, uh, uh, <laughs> something that uh, Hank Green has talked about in a video before is a, a complaint of. of you know, books being in a series without obviously uh, uh, showing off that they're in a series. Yeah, I, I just remembered that video. It's, it's one of those Log Brothers videos where he's sort of yelling about things about books that bother him. Um, and I did. I, we went back and watched it, both of us, and there is a bit where he's like, if your book is part of a series, just tell me it's part of a series, um, which is a little bit funny. Look, I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like the publisher's idea or like, you know, he's not really in charge, but it's still... yeah. A little annoying it was actually really annoying at the end of this book i was like that was not the end of a book that was the middle of a book um mm. so yeah because it, it's it's to a point where you know i absolutely enjoy spending time with these characters i absolutely enjoy the the journey they went on but it's nowhere near complete there there's you know approximately zero resolution happening yeah that's true <laughs> maybe like 10 percent resolution <laughs> yeah so i definitely enjoyed it but i I can't. I guess I can't speak for the story overall, but mm -hmm. you know, if if there was a number one on it, I'd be like, "This is great." So you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I did really enjoy is that um, this book uh, focuses a lot on, um, or at least in the beginning and, and sometimes throughout, it focuses on uh, sort of internet mysteries, <laughs> which I'm just fascinated by, um, and I enjoyed that this book had that vibe running through it. Yeah. I like this book doesn't shy away from like, I mean, a big part of it is like how people interact through social media and like, I don't know, that's not something that comes up in books a lot, you know, like, um, all the books I read are from like, you know, at least 30 years ago or something. And, it, you know, 
or fantasy or something. Like you don't get a lot of like like the way that we interact with social media in books. And I, I like the way this this book used that for for sort of sci-fi and like making it a little more interesting. Sure. Yeah. I I think you know even though this is definitely I I I think at least partially targeted towards younger audiences, it doesn't speak down to them about that stuff, uh, which I think is pretty good. Um, I will say um, sometimes there are moments where, uh, you know, because April is uh, in, <laughs> uh, very flawed, um, you know, she'll make mistakes. Um, and there are times when the narration is like, mm, well, I know now this was a mistake, but at the time I didn't quite get it. Uh, and that felt to me like it was very much talking down to the audience. Like, don't worry, it'll be okay. okay I guess. Um, um, I see that bothered me a bit throughout reading the book. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, the other thing I liked about this book was the conversation it had about politics. Because in this book, there's like basically two factions set up where, you know, one party's like, ah, these, uh, these aliens here, like, we don't like them. They're dangerous. Um, and the other one's like, nope, they're friendly. They're great. Um, and then, you know, they argue a lot. But it's funny because the aliens don't actually do much. So it's hard to argue yeah, about. They're, they're basically, for the first two thirds of the book, completely immobile. <laughs> yeah. They're just uh, present. <laughs> I like the idea that sets up that people are sort of just like projecting what they feel on, uh, you know, conflicts. And they, yeah, one, one of the things that. I connected to and what happens to April is like at the beginning of the book, she, she decides to have a position that is at first like pretty valid. Um, and then over time it becomes um, exaggerated and she commits to it more and more, even though she, she has increasingly less evidence. Um, mm -hmm. And that that's interesting to me just. Yeah, no, no, I really like that also. Cause it's like, you understand how she got there from mm -hmm. like a good place. She's like, you know, I, she she wants peace and love from the robots that's what she wants um but then later she gets like more motivated by opposing the other side instead of like you know thinking about the problem at hand like just like yeah i mean a lot of this book is like i mean a lot of this part of the book is like her realizing i guess in the future that like what she did then was fueled by hatred of the other party instead of like what it should be which is like her beliefs you know like yeah and I, I don't think i don't even think the book comes to the conclusion that that um you know the the more conservative group that she's opposing is is correct about anything I, I i think it's really just saying like this is what happens when uh you yourself are are committed to something for reasons other than like you know actually thinking about it yeah and I mean, it's, you know, it goes into both sides where it's like one side is like eventually just like sort of becomes a terrorist party. Not not everyone in it, but like, you know, they become terrorists. Um, and then the other side, where you know, sometimes she has inner conflicts where she's like, man, like, I can't even like, I'm not even sure that these alien guys aren't here to hurt us. Like, I'm not really sure about that. And I keep defending it. Um, and I like that we get, you know, sort of both sides being flawed about it. And I think that's that's good. Sure. Good yeah. Conversation. yeah. So I would, I would generally really recommend an absolutely remarkable thing. And I am yeah, excited for the sequel, which is coming out in about half a year. I don't know. I believe it is July 7th. I hope it has a two on it, a number two. That would be great. <laughs>
so Nick, uh, something happened this week um, that that I, I know uh, we've been anticipating for a long time. Some some said it would never come. Yeah. Me? Some I some said that <laughs> some like you <laughs> said that it didn't exist. Non-believers. <laughs> but it's here. The new um, mutants trailer. The new mutants trailer. Yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> Probably a little bad. Yeah, it looks fine. I mean, the trailer is for a movie. <laughs> was was there not already a trailer? There was, but it came out in October of 2017. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> the current release date for this movie is April 3rd of this year, in theaters. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like on Disney Plus. I also would not be surprised. I would be okay with that because then I wouldn't have to actually give money to this movie. Mm. Um, Will it be good? I'm skeptical. I um, Me too. I think it's interesting that they're committing to releasing it. I guess so they can get at least some money back. Because um, they already but, made it or something. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's a. From what I understand, Disney lost a lot of money. Um, at least for like the first quarter that they owned Fox um, because Dark Phoenix came out during that period. Um, so that was <laughs> registered as a loss in their books. Uh, so yeah. I think they're trying to make any money they can from this. It'd be funny if this movie was just like what they got filmed, but like without the VHX, like like it, like it's just like people and, and like there should be an explosion, but there's <laughs> no or like there should be powers they but they don't uh, show much visual effects in the trailer and it, it doesn't look great <laughs> i would really love it if there just weren't any <laughs> or very very few <laughs> yeah that would be that would be excellent that would be worth my money actually i would go see that in theaters yeah, the the other thing is this movie has um at least two characters where where the the in the comics the, those characters are black and in this movie they've cast white actors yeah, but they already filmed them. <laughs> the show, they already, already <laughs> I mean, filmed them. They don't want to waste money. <laughs> I'm saying that this is a something they already did. Yeah. Like, this was a problem when the trailer originally came out in 2017. So you know what they did? They just put it away until everyone forgot and they brought it back. <laughs> and yet. Man, Man I'm, Joe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this movie. Yeah, I really wanted it to be good because this, you know, will probably be one of the only times, if the only time that we see these characters on film uh, that I do have a lot of affection for. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's going to be, I guess it's in the old universe. Is that the idea? I don't think it's attached to anything. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's in its own settings. Hopefully it's good, Joe. I hope it's good. Actually, I hope it comes out. That's what I'm going to hope for. And then you hope that it's good. Yeah. Nick, I believe you have a wise quote for us to close up the show. Of course. Um, are you ready? Yes. This is from uh, our friend, Dostoevsky. Um, are you ready? Yes. If he has a conscience, he will suffer for his mistake. That will be punishment as well as the prison. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bordner and Nick Propapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at joby underscore draws. You can read my webcomic Aeronaut at jobydraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing to promote. Uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would really help the show. Bye.
there I was, screaming like a little girl. Why? Because uh, Clone Wars uh, Season 7 was just announced, and I had been waiting for it. Anyways, um, it's a good show to get into, good show to get excited by, um, and um, yeah, I think a good thing it does is sort of take dumb ideas, or like ideas you're not totally sold on, and just sort of run with them, because it's confident in that way. Like uh, Anakin, he has a new Padawan, what's up with that? Never mentioned the movies, yeah. this is random. She's kind of annoying. Now she's the coolest part of the show. Jar Jar arcs. Jar Jar becomes a main character for two seasons. <laughs> but you're totally sold on it. It's really great. The monkey people, monkey lemur people that look like for, they're from that movie Madagascar, takes oh, up God. a whole four episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, we missed them. And we hope they'll come back for the final season, taking up at least two episodes.